Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Our guest has a proven pedigree of success spanning over 40 years, specializing in exploration and development with his most recent success at Esperanza Resources. He is here today to discuss his newest exploration endeavor in Peru with a company that is already generating a lot of excitement for speculators in the space. I'm speaking of Marimont Resources, trading on the CSE symbol M-O-N-T. Joining us for a conversation is the president and CEO of Marimont Resources, Bill Pincus. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Maurice. Before we begin, allow me to convey to our listeners that Marimont Resources is a sponsor of Proven Improbable and that we will have a position in Marymount Resources in the next 30 days for the virtues we will convey in today's message. Mr. Pincus, for first-time listeners, please share who is Marymount Resources. Marymount Resources is a newly organized exploration company, and we're in the process of acquiring two new projects in Peru. Uh, one is called Lucacha, it's a copper porphyry prospect, the other is Cerro Hermoso, which is a uh, gold-silver prospect. Both are extremely exciting to us, and uh, we think they have extremely large potential. Now, where are you domiciled? Well, the, the corporation is, is a BC, British, British Columbia Corporation, so that's our domicile. Okay. And does Miramont Resources currently have any projects? We do have a small project in Quebec, uh, pardon me, in Ontario, uh, but it's inactive at this point. But of course, with the acquisition of the two new projects, that will be our main focus. Now, what is the thesis that Marymount Resources is attempting to prove? Well, quite simply, that the two principal prospects that we have, Lukacha and Cerro Hermoso, uh, have the potential to be large, very large deposits. Uh, the cliche is that we are hunting elephants in elephant country, and I suppose our thesis is that we're very good elephant hunters. <laughs> well said. You know, your expertise and success throughout your career has been in Central and Latin America, and Marymount has identified two exciting projects in a world-class belt in Peru that you believe present a deep value proposition for shareholders. Now before we be, you know, discuss the projects, as a speculator, emerging markets can be quite irrational. Why was Peru selected to test your thesis? Well, there are a number of reasons. First and foremost is what can only be described as an incredible mineral endowment. Uh, Peru is a major mining country. It's the second largest producer of copper, second largest producer of silver. I think it's fifth or sixth in terms of gold. Uh, major, major mines there. Uh, the history of the country is based on mining. Uh, second, and, and I suppose this is more why me, um, I've had quite an involvement in Peru. I've been working uh, working there since 1991. I lived there in the mid-1990s with my family. Uh, I feel very comfortable in the country. I know how it works. Uh, I know how to do business there. I have lots of contacts and I'm also fluent in Spanish. 
Um, I also like the food there and the people. <laughs> well, these are critical, uh, intangible and tangible assets that you bring to the uh, to this new endeavor. And I concur that you selected the opportune location to test your thesis. Take us to the southeastern tip of Peru, near Bolivia and Chile, and let's discuss two projects that Miramont is seeking to procure, which have three unique and similar attributes. Uh, sure. Well, our two projects, Cerro Hermoso and Lucacha, as you said, are located in southern Peru. And what they have in common are, are three characteristics. Uh, the first is they're in very good neighborhoods. And by that I mean they're surrounded by other projects, uh, other deposits, other mines of similar geologic characteristics and that are very, very large, which is, of course, what we're looking for. Uh, the second characteristic is just what I mentioned, that these prospects are potential, you know, have potential to be extremely large mines. In the terms, in the regards to Lukacha, we're looking at a porphyry copper deposit. Our neighbors are, you know, billion ton deposits with pretty good grades, 1% or more when they initially started mining. Of course, some of them have been in, in production for over 50 years. Uh, Cerro Hermoso, the ge geologic model we're using is based on the nearby San Gabriel project by Buenaventura. That has 7 million ounces of gold equivalent in their resource. And then the third characteristic is that these are new prospects. They have not been drilled. They have not been looked at before. These are newly identified, and um, you know the potential is all there. They're not retreads that you often see in every new mining cycle projects that have you know keep coming back up. These are new projects. So those, those are the three things that I really like about these. Uh, you know, characteristics that they have in common. Now, Bill, this sounds quite interesting. Introduce us to the first of the two projects, Cerro Hermoso. Cerro Hermoso is a precious metals project. It's located in southern Peru, as you might see on a map in the presentation. What I consider to be in a very good neighborhood, um, where maybe about 10 kilometers from Silver Standard's Berengala project, uh, we're nearby the operating copper mine called Takasa, and most important for us, because we think it's the same geologic model, we're, we're about 50 kilometers from Buenaventura's San Gabriel deposit, which contains, at this point, 7 million ounces of gold equivalent. What I like about Cerro Omoso is that it's a very large, very energetic system where we see different styles of mineralization that have manifested themselves in different ways, depending on the lithology or the host structures. Um, historically, it had been mined up until 1992 by Minsur in a series of high-grade veins that are peripheral to uh, the main volcanic vent or volcanic neck that we think is the principal feature for mineralization. This volcanic neck, what makes it, uh, the technical term is a diatrine breccia, and it, it's basically, it's, it's the neck of a volcano where you had 
multiple episodes of eruption and collapse, eruption and collapse, eruption and collapse. Mm -hmm. This has allowed a long time for hydrothermal solutions to work through the ring fractures along the perimeter of it, where the Santa Barbara vein is, as well as to um, precipitate mineral within the body of the diatreme itself, uh, really probably in micro fractures, yielding what we believe will be a disseminated large bulk tonnage deposit. And Bill, let me interrupt right here. Is that volcanic pipe, uh, how long is that? Well, it's, it's 1.4 kilometers in diameter. Uh, to depth, uh, you, I don't know, but it probably goes, uh, you know, quite a ways down, you know, thousands of meters. But, uh, you know, the bottom has never been found. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty expansive there. Now, Absolutely. let me ask you this as well. Talk to us about the scale. How large is this project? Well, as I say, the comparison we like to make, uh, in, at least in terms of size and geology, is the San Gabriel, another deposit, uh, very similar geology in a different location, is Gold Corpse Peñasquito deposit in Mexico. Uh, in terms of the volume of rock and the, the size, you know, they have a diet, two diatreme breccias, which together are about the same volume as our, our diatreme breccia, or volcanic neck. Uh, they're producing a few hundred thousand ounces of gold a year, plus I believe it's 20 million ounces of silver. So time will tell, but that's sort of the potential we're chasing after. Now, did Miramont uh, strategically identify this project based on the success of Santa Barbara and the uh, Pocomoro mine? Pocomoro is one of the nearby you know, vein mines that sort of bring the area. Uh, the Santa Barbara was the, the principal mine. This was identified, this was actually brought to us by this group, Puno Gold, uh, who were in the process of acquiring. And uh, they identified it based on previous reconnaissance within the whole, this whole region. So, uh, yeah, you know, they're looking at the nearby mines and, and they noticed this breccia. Uh, they saw some of, you know, they were able to find some of the work that Mincer had done earlier and obviously got quite excited by it. Now, is Miramont able to explore year-round at this location? Yeah, it, it's that's not a problem. Down in this part of the world, you have the rainy season, the dry season, uh, but we have very good access. There's a paved road that actually borders the project, so we don't see the rainy season as being too much of an impediment to uh, our activity down there. And speaking of activity, what's currently going on there? Well, right now we're, we're completing a detailed mapping program. We're preparing the applic application to, uh, for a permit to drill. That will take us probably two or three months, honestly, to get that. Uh, in the interim, we'll run an IP program, and we would hope to be ready to drill early next year. And is that the goal for the remainder of the year? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Now, you've given us the pros. What are the cons for Cerro Hermoso? <laughs> what are the cons? I, you know, I guess this is a good chance to, you know, point out that this is an exploration project, and exploration does carry high risk. Uh, as far as we've taken this, we're very, very excited by it. We see this as a large system, but uh, until we drill it and, and just 
you know, outline a economic resource, there is that exploration risk set with all projects. All right, switching gears. Now, moving closer to the border of Chile and remaining in the southeastern tip of Peru, let's discuss your second project, equally important, Lucacha, which Marymount believes may host a porphyry copper system. But before you do, Bill, can you share with us the supply and demand fundamentals for copper? Well, uh, you know, honestly, I don't have those at my fingertips. I know as we're speaking, copper is reaching new highs over the past uh, two or three years. Copper is your classic industrial metal. And when economic activity uh, increases, as finally on a worldwide basis, we are seeing uh, increased activity in China and India and Europe and, of course, here in North America, that drives the price of copper. I think one interesting aspect of the whole copper supply demand scenario is that, uh, you know, as we move towards a non-carbon world where uh, electric cars, you know, whether it be the Tesla or whatever, um, are becoming more and more popular and governments are going to be requiring people to convert, convert over, the average electric car uses three times the number of pounds of copper than, than a conventional automobile. Uh, you know, we're talking, you know, 20 pounds up to, you know, in a conventional automobile up to 70 pounds in a, in a electric vehicle. You know, multiply that by the number of cars in the world and you have a pretty large new source of demand for copper. You know, I referenced that question because uh, most investors in the space and or speculators, I should say, uh, they're gold centric and don't know the thesis behind copper. So uh, I wanted to ask you now, what has Miramount so excited about Lukacha? Well, once again, Lukacha is, it's an elephant country. It has, it's an undrilled project. It was only recently identified within the past 10 years by a local prospector who we've acquired it from. And what just gets me excited is that uh, as far as we've explored this, we're getting all of the signals and all of the evidence of a major system that we would expect to see. Very large footprint. We have alteration that is typical of these type of deposits over an area of close to four square kilometers. Um, The alteration we're seeing is just classic in terms of the type of, of, in terms of this copper porphyry system. Uh, We see a coincident copper anomaly over this alteration. And probably the most significant thing to me is the intensity of the veining and the structures that we see. Classically in a porphyry system, a uh, the, the mineral is, is, occurs in what's called a stockwork of veins, which is just a network of crisscrossing veins. Uh, wherever I look on the Lukacha property, I see very, very intense stockworking. And once again, what that indicates to me is a long-lived system. The intensity of the stockworking is directly related to the intensity of the hydrothermal activity and the duration of the hydrothermal activity and just this you know incredibly uh, intense stockwork veining 
indicates to me that there was a lot of solution moving through this uh, deposit. And, uh, you know, it's up to us now to, to map it out and, and determine new drill targets and, and drill it and hopefully find a very significant new copper deposit. Now, how many hectares is Lukacha? 4,400 hectares. Um, we are bounded on one side. Uh, Anglo-American has an active drilling project. Uh, we know they've come up with something, but we don't know what it is. And on the other side, we have another major who's, who's been doing some work as well. We'd obviously like to expand our, our claim holdings if possible, but uh, we have some very good neighbors there. And um, you know maybe eventually we'll learn to cooperate with them. But first, we want to find out what we have. You know, Bill, this is quite intriguing. You're talking about a world-class copper-producing district, and Peru's the second largest producer of copper in the world. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. Uh, well, you know, most definitely, uh, southern Peru produces a tremendous amount of copper. And then, of course, just south of us is Chile, which I guess is the number one copper-producing country in the world. And some of the largest deposits in the world are, are just south of us. You have Chugi Kamada. I believe they've been mining there for over 100 years. I believe that's the largest open pit in the world. Further south, you have deposits like Escondida. Um, I don't know what their production was, but their you know their grades were in some of the early days of mining. They were mining four or five percent copper. Uh, I believe the grade has dropped down, but they're still probably mining a percent of copper, which by today's standards is an extremely high quality project. Now, is Miramont able to explore year round at this location as well? Yes, that. We're a little lower down. It's a little bit more arid. That should not be any any real issue for us. And is it currently active? Where we have a fairly low level of activity currently, we're focusing on Cerro Erboso. What we need to do here at Lucacha, and you know, it'll take us the next year, is we have to map in detail. We have to do a lot more sampling. And we will we'll want to run a geophysical program, probably a combination of uh, induced polarization and ground magnetics. Uh, and, and these type of deposits have a fairly typical geophysical signature. So that's what we'll be looking for before we can begin identifying drill targets. All right. Now, what is the relationship with the communities and the local and federal governments for both projects? Well, um, as I mentioned at Cerro Hermoso, we're on private ground, so we're not required to have any community agreement. There are indigenous people in the area. It's a mining area, and so far we've gotten along great with you know the, the local people. Uh, down at Lucacha, the surface is owned by an indigenous community, so we are required to you know reach an agreement with them for the use of the surface. The you know preliminary discussions have begun. We know that they're working with Anglo-American, who is drilling just adjacent to us. Uh, once again, we don't see, we haven't seen any problems, and and it'll you know it's, it always takes time to introduce yourself to the community for them to gain confidence in you. But so far, we see a pretty green light. All right. Well, and, and, I, and I should mention one, one other thing that's important. Uh, 
particular, you know, in respect to Lukacha, we are in an area um, close to the border where the government takes a particular concern when a foreign company is uh, operating and their concern is security. As I say, they're, they're close to a border. Uh, so they, you know, require basically a security review. It's an extra layer of, of permission that we need. Uh, within this region, I believe there's something like 31 other foreign companies and not just mining projects, but gas pipelines and agricultural projects uh, that have received this permission. So we don't see it as, as a major concern, but it is a process that we have to go through. All right. Mr. Pincus, we've discussed the latent material in the ground. Let's talk about the most important asset, the people. What can you tell us about the board of directors? Well, I think we're going to have a very strong board of directors. Uh, our chairman is a gentleman named Quinton Hennig. He's a, a geologist by training. He's worked for some of the largest companies, Newmont and others. Uh, more recently, he's been active in the junior space. A very talented geologist and also one who really understands the junior, junior space very well. Uh, another one of the directors is a gentleman named Peter Drobeck. Pete is, uh, you know, I've known him for about 40 years, and he's, he's one of the best geologists I know, and he's the one who put together these two properties. Uh, we also have uh, Jerry Shields. Jerry is a lawyer, so we need someone to balance the geologists on the, on the, uh, on the board of directors. And then finally, Tyson King. Uh, you know, comes more from a financial background, understands uh, markets and uh, issues like that, and I think, you know, brings a, a unique balance to the board as well. If you allow me to interject, uh, Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321 Gold and 321 Energy, I believe gave the highest praise you could give a geologist, when, uh, and I'm referring to Quentin Henney. Uh, he shared, he's conducted over, I believe, 400 site visits, and he believes... He's the best he's ever seen. So it's quite a compliment to have uh, Dr. Quentin Henney on the board of directors. Now, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I've had an opportunity to meet him as well. Uh, please tell us about Bill Pincus, the CEO. What makes him qualified for the task at hand? Well, you know, I, I made some mention right at the start of this broadcast, uh, my long experience in Peru. I've been in this business uh, well, for over 40 years now, you know, I've been in the exploration and development side. I, I've worked for major companies. I've been in the junior space. I used to run a company called Esperanza Resources, and we made two discoveries, one in, in Peru that we sold the Silver Standard, another in Mexico that uh, is now in the hands of Alamos Gold. Uh, you know, I mentioned I speak Spanish, long involvement in Peru. I think what makes me most, most qualified right now, particularly in, in an exploration company, is, um, you know, I have a good eye for identifying good prospects, but mostly the thing that turns me on is going out there, banging on the rocks, trying to work out the puzzle with, the, you know, the, our team of geologists, and what really turns me on is when that drill is, is, is churning away and seeing what's coming out of the drill hole. Uh, that's what excites me, and that's you know what my whole career has oriented me towards. What can you share with us about the technical team? 
Well, we're building that team right now. We have in-country, um, you know, our, our project geologist over at Cerro Hermoso is a uh, Peruvian geologist named Johnny Vargas. I've, I've known him for about a year now, and he's, geez, he's just a great geologist. He's one of these guys who wants nothing to do with the office. He's happiest when he's out in the field mapping and, and trying to puzzle puzzle his way through what's going on. Uh, we're building our team. Uh, I have another geologist in mind for the Cerro, pardon me, for the Lukacha project. Um, we have great support from guys like Quinton and, and Peter Drobeck. And, uh, you know, over the next few months, we will be building up our team. But I think with my contacts in Peru that we're going to... Now, let's discuss some numbers. How much cash and cash equivalents do you have? Well... Uh, before I answer that question, perhaps I should explain the transaction and the financing that are happening in parallel with each other. And Miramont is the public entity that trades on the CSE. We are in the process of acquiring Puno Gold, which is a private company. Uh, and they, of course, are the ones who currently own the two main deposits we, we just discussed. Uh, once we uh, complete that acquisition and we will also simultaneously close the financing, we're out there right now and we're looking to raise $5 million. Uh, once that is closed, we'll have, uh, you know, about $5.5 million in the bank. We will have roughly um, something like 45 million shares outstanding uh, the ownership structure will be management and directors will be invested up to about a they'll own about 35 percent other insiders and and that's largely the puno shareholders uh, their shares will convert it to miramont shares they'll learn own about 37 percent of the company and then the free float or the new investors will will own the remainder and while you're discussing the share structure here uh, are there any options and or warrants uh yes there are there are currently four billion roughly four million warrants outstanding at 15 cents they based you know the large majority of those belong to insiders or management they will be uh, escrowed for a three-year period or released over a three-year period. And then uh, in this new financing, uh, we're, we'll be issuing full warrants. We'll be selling units, which include one share and a full warrant, exercisable for two years at 50 cents. Okay. Any options? No, not yet. Okay. And what is your burn rate? Well, you know, we're just getting organized right now. The administrative expenses are minimal. Uh, once we get organized, uh, we'll have a better feel for that. All right. Now, we've discussed, if you've alluded to, I should say, that uh, Marymount is seeking to procure these projects. Let's delve one more time into the financing of this. How do you plan to purchase the projects? Well, we're acquiring 
Puno Gold, which is the private company that holds the projects, in a share exchange. And roughly, uh, we will issue roughly 15 million shares for the Puno Gold, you know, to the Puno Gold shareholders. Uh, and their Puno Gold shares will convert over into Miramon shares. And what is the time and cost allowance for procuring these projects? Um, well, we hope to close everything in September. Uh, we're pretty far advanced. We have, um, you know, some paperwork to go through, uh, some approvals uh, from the Exchange and the Security Commission. We have to uh, have shareholder approval for the transaction, and the, uh, you know, memorandum is, is has been prepared. We're, we'll be submitting it to the Canadian authorities for their approval, and then we'll send it out to the share Miramont shareholders to approve the transaction. And for the private placement, again, that is for accredited investors. Bill, if you would disclose those numbers one more time for the accredited investors that are interested in the private placement. We want to raise $5 million. We'll be selling units at $0.30 cents each, and a unit consists of one share and one share purchase warrant uh, to purchase a share at $0.45, cents, good for two years. Right. Now, once these projects are procured, Will there be any reversionary interest? I'm not sure what you mean by reversionary interest. Meaning are they going to be 100% owned? They, both projects are held under option to purchase 100% uh, of, the, of the projects. There will be in both cases a retained royalty of uh, 1% in the case of Cerro Hermoso, which we could purchase for a one-time fee of $5 million, and in, in Lukacha there'll be a 2% royalty, and we could purchase half of that for $5 million. And the 1% and 2% royalty, is that NSR, sir? Yes. Okay. Now, once Merrimont has ownership, what is the next measurement for success? I think the next measurement for success will be when we start our drill program early next year, and I would expect results to come out sometime during the first quarter of 2018. And that will be, you know, we're going to give our best shot testing our principal targets, and the results will tell us if we have something or not. All right. Mr. Pincus, I'm going to put you on the hot seat now. Two final questions. What have you not told us that keeps you up at night? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I've disclosed the risks. Um, you know, I mentioned in Peru that dealing with communities is a big issue. Uh, historically, in the past, I've, I've managed to, to be pretty successful in that. I think our projects and the people on the projects are managing and working with the communities very well, but that's one area where you might have something unexpected. And then I disclosed to you the, this issue of the special security permission we need in regards to Lukacha. Once again, I don't anticipate any real problems, but uh, until we have it, you know, it ain't it ain't over until the fat lady sings and <laughs> hasn't sung yet. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to apologize for the audio interruption at the end of our interview. If you'd like to receive more information regarding the financing 
and or Marymount Resources, please contact Tyson King. He may be reached at 778-968-8494. Again, that number is 778-968-8994. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Bill Pincus of Marymount Resources. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.